You have never seen me before. What you are about to hear is positive, honest, and uplifting entertainment. Greetings, welcome, take your seats. Feel free to get a drink at any time because you're going to need it. It's really best that you stay lubricated for this. Just so you know, we are now recording this show so that we may better market to you in the future and exploit your every weakness. So if you don't want what you have to say to go on the internet, then please keep your mouth shut. Laughter is fine. Screams of terror are fine. Coughing and sneezing are frowned upon. Talking to your buddy about something totally unrelated is a capital crime. I have just received word that the outside world as we knew it ended moments ago. It is chaos, carnage, death, and destruction out there. The fortunate news is that we are all still alive. That will remain fortunate news right up until we have to start eating each other. In that case, the people who died instantly above will be the lucky ones. Tip your bartenders well because money is meaningless now. Everything from here on out is social currency and sexual favors. My name is Corin Deeth III, and I am CEO of Kakos Industries, the sponsor of tonight's event. You see, even though the world as we know it has ended, Kakos Industries, the company that specializes in helping its clients to do evil better, will continue on. We will continue to do evil, and to advance evil, and to help everyone everywhere, at least everyone who's left, to do evil. Kakos Industries has its innumerable tendrils in everything from technological advancements to new techniques for economic exploitation, to the feeling you have when you're fucking someone you like, but they like like you, and you're really not sure you can keep fucking them with the constant guilt of obviously caring less? We help the world to do evil. Additionally, if you were going to ghost your date after tonight, whoops. And that's where you come in, guests. You see, we need you. Now that the vast majority of humanity is either exterminated or in the process of being exterminated, we need you. Without humanity, there can be no evil. Nature sets itself apart from humanity in its total and complete neutrality. With humanity, good and evil can exist. So we need some of you miserable bastards to stick around and stay miserable. It's really an honor, if you think about it. And the price of admission, just five dollars, eight at the door, to be given the privilege of rebooting society, that's pretty nice. So a quick FAQ, what has caused the apocalypse? We do not know at this time. It currently seems as though it was a lot of things at once, or one thing many times. We're looking into it and we will bring you the details as we get them. Who caused the apocalypse? Was it the guy we're thinking of? No, it was us, we did it, we caused it, and as soon as we figure out how, we'll brag about how we did it. No one has paid us to take blame, not even with luxury apocalypse bunkers. We already have those. We did it, just for fun. It was all us. What does this mean for my loved ones? They are so fucking dead. So fucking dead. We hope that you brought the people you like the most here because everyone else is just fucking toast at this point. And if they're not, then they are in danger of being crushed, impaled, dissolved, or eaten at this very moment. And I'm not an actuary, but they likely won't survive long. Can I leave and try to save my family and friends? No. We've locked the bunker and we are all in here permanently. 
Take a look around you. Take in your surroundings. These are your new digs for the rest of your life. Take a look at the people in the room. These are your new best friends. These are your new enemies. These are the grandparents to your grandchildren. Assuming this apocalypse takes that long to work its way out. If there's no radiation or renegade AI, we might, have, might be out of here in a year or two. What about these people that keep filtering into the room? Aren't they breaking the immersion? Well, those people have come here through, uh, the through the huge series of access tunnels that connect all basement spaces like this one. They escaped the apocalypse at the same time as you did, but they just got here a little later. Nothing to worry about. Was this whole thing planned? How did you know to bring us down here? Another thoughtful question. Yes, probably. We're still working out the details of exactly what we did, but I can assure you that it was very intentional. Everything we do is very intentional and well-planned. Is my student loan debt really gone? Can it be true? Have no fear. We will find a way to keep you in debtor's hell forever. Other important rules, uh, you have to ride the electricity generating bike if you want to turn with the Bluetooth speaker. Well, that about covers it. Take a look on your seats. You will have a card there outlining your new social class here in the apocalypse and your expectations. There uh, might be a couple of extras, so if you want to grab one from uh, nearby you, you can have two. Have two social classes in the apocalypse. <laughs> Some of us will have to work with our hands, others will work with our brains, some will collect the muck slime, others will prepare the muck slime, but we will all eat the muck slime. Who's a mage? Just kidding, that's not actually on any of the cards. Who's a soldier? You will need to do violence on our behalf, especially keeping the eventual tide of monsters at bay. We thank you in advance for your sacrifice. If I were you, I would tune out the rest of what I'm saying and start eyeing up what you can use from around the room as a weapon. The janitors will be responsible for cleaning up all of the floors and rooms and also the people who get so depressed that they can't shower. Who is the scribe? Please begin writing down everything I say. In, in fact, if, if you could write down everything I've already said, uh, that would be great. After the show, we will have two of you fight for our entertainment. Please look at your new social class cards. Who's a fighter? Well, there's, uh, well, there's supposed to be three of you. <laughs> so it's gonna be a Thunderdome. <laughs> Who is the golden child? Congratulations, you are now the luckiest, most talented, and most successful among us, and we will all love and resent you. Who got bad joke recipient? You will now have to listen to all of the jokes that we as a subterranean society can come up with and laugh at every single one of them, even the bad ones, even the ones that you personally disagree with. Who is the werewolf? Just kidding, we'll actually do that part later when we close our eyes. Also, there will be no elections. I am in charge, the end. Except for mine inspector, we will continue to elect the mine inspector. It's a critical position. One of you may be the temporary mine inspector. <laughs> now that we have the ground rules laid, it's time to take part in the Apocalypse Pledge of Allegiance. Hands over hearts, please. Repeat after me. We promise to do evil at all times. We promise to do evil at all times. 
Except when that evil might mean the extinction of the species. Without which evil cannot continue. We hereby promise to walk that fine line and do evil better. Amen, brother. Thank you for doing that. It is legally as well as morally binding. So how many of you were shareholders in Kakos Industries before tonight? Well, you are all shareholders now, which means that you can rest easily knowing that your contributions have helped to promote the spread of evil everywhere in the world. Income inequality, hunger, political meddling of all kinds, and everyone's favorite, sex. Anyone planning on having sex today? I've got some confident people in the audience. In the, uh, in the bunker here. Wow. Haven't even given you a room assignment yet. Before we get too far, we should probably check in on that apocalypse. Right now, we've got our field agent, Titus Lachlan, on the surface, risking life and limb so that we might be able to learn a bit more about the disaster on the surface. Come in, Titus. Can you hear me? Good day, Corn. I can hear you. Uh, I just found some cover. What's going on out there? I am, as of this time, still uncertain. Uh, it's quite dusty out, and I am finding it difficult to see. Dusty everywhere. Well, I, uh, I stopped to have a beer under a tree, uh, and it is very dusty right here in particular. Well, can you can you move to another location to give us some useful details? Uh, I would love to, Corin. I will get on that just as soon as I finish my bitter. Titus, I, I don't mean to dwell on the negative here, but you could die at any time. Isn't there something useful you can tell us? Uh, well, that's where, that's where you're wrong, Corin. Uh, I am totally impervious to apocalypses. Uh, the worst thing that can happen to me is that I will be the only one left alive when this is all said and done. Which, admittedly, is uh, pretty bad now that I think of it. How can you be impervious to apocalypses? It was an experiment that went wrong, and here I am. But how could you know that you're impervious? The only apocalypse to happen is the one that just happened. The scientists used concentrated apocalypse beams in the lab, and I withstood them all. Um, no matter if it's the biblical end of times or a sciencey one, I'll be right as right. How much beer do you have left? It's a tall boy, Corin. Uh, I'll be sipping for another few minutes at least. We'll radio in when you have something. Titus might not have anything of use, but we can still listen in on what's going on at the nearest listening station. That sounded pretty bad. Uh, remember that all of that is out there waiting for you if you feel the need to go smoke. Might want to just uh, wait a bit. I have in front of me a list of all the possible causes of the apocalypse. First item is uh, giant robot AI. That is interesting. I should uh, double check with our resident robot expert, Dirk Cornelius Sexplosion, CEO of Giant Ass Robots to Kick in Your Face. I say resident expert because he made the mistake of coming to live in this bunker making him a resident. 
New shareholders and old shareholders alike, you will enjoy hearing from Dirk. He is a man of such tremendous evil, such dastardly masculinity, such malicious ingenuity that we are truly lucky to have him here. He makes enormous metal machines that cause unfathomable amounts of damage worldwide, but his strength of will is even stronger. He is the master of manliness, the zenith of zero compassion, and the pinnacle of penility. Let me introduce Dirk. Motherfucking sexplosion. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake, it's the apocalypse, man. Get yourself together. <laughs> I'm trying, Gorin. It's... it's not the apocalypse. What's... what's the problem? It's my family, Gorin. My wives. My husband. Our dogs and hedgehog, you know the whole lot. They're, they're all here. We evacuated them before we definitely caused the apocalypse. No, it's not that. They're safe and sound and set up in a luxury apocalypse bunker away from all of these filthy normal people. But they're just so angry at me, Corin. Dirk, it's, it's not unusual for friends and family to not understand your relationship with or appreciation of evil. We have support groups for that. It's not that, Corin. It's... They think I caused the apocalypse. That's ridiculous, Dirk. We caused the apocalypse. Possibly using your robots, but it was us, not you. I have lists here of everything you were working on, and none of them could have ended the world individually. There's more than just that, Corin. Go on. Well, you see, you're always pushing me to be more evil, harder, toxically manlier. Well... Dirk, you tend to bring me really wimpy shit, like giant dog robots that humans pilot so they can feel like puppies. <laughs> well, I decided I had enough of being so sad about stuff like that, and I was just going to push through it. I was going to make a giant robot that could destroy the world. I kept it off the books. No one was to know about it until it was done. It was the Mega Defoculatrix, nine quadrillion. I'm gonna set aside my frustration at your dishonesty for a moment. Don't tell me that this robot could feel the desperation of aging or some bullshit like that. <laughs> it had rocket launchers firing. Rocket launchers firing spent uranium, Corin. That that sounds sick as shit. Yes, yes. Yes. It had a it had enormous blades to destroy entire forests. Rad. <laughs> it could set fires large enough to change the weather hundreds of miles away. I I am really loving this robot. Its fuel source was people. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I mean, not just people, but people are its favorite. Dirk, I'm not mad at you, I'm just amazed. I love the Mega Defoculatrix 9 Quadrillion. You did all of this on your own without our help. It took everything I had, and I went too far. Gorin, I killed all people. Now there's no one left, and my family is so damn mad at me. Uh, come in, Gorin. What is it, Titus? The uh, dust where I'm sitting has started to subside, and it looks like there's a giant robot here. Mega Defoculatrix 9 Quadrillion! Uh, yep, that one. Um, that's what it says on it, right on the shaft of its big robo dick. 
Dirk, you gave the robot a dick. We've been over this, Corin. If the robot doesn't have a dick, then none of the other parts fit together. You just have a pile of robot parts on the floor. And that's not going to feast on any humans now, is it? Well, the uh, robot is now rocking back and forth on its robo buttocks, and it appears to be sobbing. Um, it is trying to eat the trees nearby, but it is not having a good go of it. But it eats people for fuel, not trees. Well, it looks like it might have grown a conscience. Um, it didn't even do that much damage at first. Looks like maybe one factory destroyed, no more than 75 people. Uh, I don't think this big guy caused the apocalypse. Oh God. That sure sounds like robot crying to me. <laughs> He sounds so sad. <laughs> but that means, it means I'm in the clear. It looks like it. Thank you, Titus. Please let us know if you find, if you discover anything else. Righto, Titus out. Mega the fuckulatrix nine quadrillion is just like me. It tries so hard, but then it's just so sad. Just like you. I'm so relieved, Corin. My family will be so happy to hear this. So the uh, next item on my list is AI robot swarms. Do you know anything about those, Dirk? Huh? No. We don't use artificial intelligence. We only use artificial stupidity and artificial emotional instability. I think I can see what happened here. Well, you can go back to your family then. But my son is out there, Corin. Mega Defuculatrix 9 Quadrillion. He's so sad! <laughs> and out there all alone, I, sh I should help him, Corin. I can teach him to eat plants if that will make him happy. It's the apocalypse out there, Dirk, and you're not apocalypse-proof. I think this will sort itself out, and you can't leave. I just want my boy to be happy, Corin. Go to your family, Dirk. Yes, you're right, Corin. My boy will be fine out there. That's not what I... Yeah, I mean, he'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> Talking to Dirk, I um, almost forgot about our impending doom for a minute there. Let's, uh, let's check in on the horror outside. Still sounds pretty bad. Maybe, maybe it's mutants. That would be fun to tell us more about mutants. We have Mitch Grody from the Division of Mutants and Freaks, author of What to Expect When You're Expecting to Severely Mutate, to tell us more. <clears throat> it's great to be here, Corin. Thank you. So, uh, what do you have to tell us today? Well, Corin, as you know, I am a uh, mutant, uh, and I just want to tell everyone in here that there's nothing to worry about. In the event that this apocalypse has been caused by radiation or some virulent mutagen that the shareholders were unable to avoid for any reason, 
I am here to tell them that it's okay to be a mutant. I'm a mutant. I live a full and happy life. How did your mutation come to be? Well, I used to be a lab tech testing new and strange genetic modifications. One day, I noticed we forgot to put the right specimen in the chamber. I went in to switch it out real quick. When the gene laser hit me right in the family jewels. I didn't think much of it at the time, uh, but when I woke up the next day, uh, I had two penises, Corin. I thought that was pretty neat. <laughs> two penises. Uh, the next day, unfortunately though, I had three penises. And I think we can all agree that's too many penises. Right, ladies, uh, clap for me if you think three penises on one man is too many penises. Thank you. So, what was the rest of the transformation like? Well, as you can see, the rest of my skin got kind of weird. Uh, lumpy, flaky, weird. And I also have a few other organs that have split in three, uh, my liver being one. Alcohol doesn't affect me at all any longer. And then my life took a, a, a pretty steep decline after that, Corin. Um, my girlfriend couldn't keep up with three dicks. And they all have different personalities, you know, um, different needs and tastes. Uh, so my girlfriend left. Uh, then my landlord kicked me out. I mean, all I had done was cover my entire apartment with moss. People don't realize how nice it is to sleep on moss when your skin is so lumpy and flaky. Um, but this was in the days before the Mutant Non-Discrimination Act. Things are much better now. How did you learn to cope? It's important for our shareholders who might be mutating at this moment to know there's hope. Well, I found a new lover. Uh, she has three vaginas. And a penis. Um, I didn't think I'd like that, but it grew on me. I mean, not literally. I still just have the three. Um, anyway, she and I are very much in love even after she found out that I caused her mutation uh, due to my own loneliness. Um, I needed another mutant freak to be with, and I arranged for her to have an accident in the lab. It seems that no one else will love her now, so she's mine, and I call that a victory, Corin. You are a mutant and a monster. Do you have any recommendations for people just beginning to mutate? Oh, thank you, Corin, for pitching my book for me. I really appreciate that. Uh, I would tell anyone feeling the tug of the mutated fates that they should begin to study mutation now. Know it inside and out. Learn everything you can from everyone you can. Begin experimenting as much as possible. And when the time comes, act as selfishly as possible and patch things up later. And by that I mean, find someone special and dose them with just the right mutagens to get them to be your perfect missing piece. And if you happen to end up with four vaginas and three penises, my lover and I are currently looking for a swinging partner. Well, I don't know how anyone can be depressed about their progressing mutation with advice like that. Thank you, Mitch. Come in, Corin. I'm here. I just tasted the dirt up here. It does not taste like radiation or mutagens, and that is conclusive evidence. Well, okay, I'll take your word for it, Titus. 
So, as shareholders in Kakos Industries, it is important for you to have pride in what you are now a part of. I would like to tell you about a few of our ongoing programs that will be contributing to evil in the post-apocalyptic future. The first program is the Better Mutants from our partner, Better Mutations, Inc. While we just learned that there will be no mutants in the post-apocalypse due to radiation or mutagens, we all have certain expectations for what should be out there when we finally surface. For this reason, the Better Mutants project was undertaken. As we speak, ordinary animals like crows, pigeons, lizards, and rabbits are all being modified to be larger and far more hazardous. Sharper teeth, a thirst for blood, and acidic, and acidic secretions they shoot out of their eyeballs. It will really help to sell the post-apocalypse, stylistically speaking, in the future, which I think we can all appreciate. Or at least our great-grandchildren will. They will think, thank evil, this wasteland is so dangerous, my immersion would have been broken otherwise. <laughs> we also occasionally spend time working with fashion. While it's great fun and great evil designing clothes that no one can fit into, or clothes that make us look so sexually exciting that it's difficult, not, difficult to think about anything other than sex until the clothes come off and we realize just how deeply unappealing all of us humans are at the base level when undoctored by makeup and wardrobe, but for now, our division of adornments has taken, a much more taken on a much more serious task, and that is to keep the wasteland sexy. I know for a fact that none of you in this room would be satisfied to see a wasteland where no one is hot. So they've been leaving stashes of ripped and torn clothing, but in like, better ways than would happen at random, so our descendants will look amazing, while still fitting into that scavenger aesthetic. This way we can imagine an, apoc an apocalypse the way we might like to imagine it, especially as we are quietly satisfying ourselves so as not to disturb our neighbor in the next bunk. Corin, I'm interrupting you. Ah, Melantha Murther, CEO of... Our largest competitor. You sound like you have a speech impediment or damage to the speech processing center of your brain. It's pronounced. Ah, I see. My mistake. It happens all the time. It's a useful shibboleth for finding out who around me is a complete idiot. How is your apocalypse, Melantha? It's fantastic. So hot. We finished the hole under our building just in time, and we dropped the whole thing down underground to safety. Now nothing can touch us, and we can keep doing evil. That's comforting news. It seems that our rivalry will go on then. Rivalry? Don't be silly. It's not like you caused the apocalypse. What? Of course we caused the apocalypse. No, you didn't. We did. Because we are far more evil than you. No evil left undone. That's our motto. And the apocalypse was the obvious next step when we had finished all the other evils. Then how did the apocalypse happen? Well, it was obviously an extremely infectious venereal disease from our lab. It makes people just do it a whole lot, all over the place, in all the positions, doing it and spreading the disease until everyone is doing it. But then your nose fall off and then you die. Come in, Corin. Go ahead, Titus. Are you taking another call right now? 
I just got lucky, Corin. I just rooted a woman here on the surface. Uh, she was looking to feel something other than fear for a few moments, uh, and she pulled me aside to do the deed. I can safely confirm that venereal disease has not caused the apocalypse. I am detecting nothing abnormal about my loins at all. Uh, the woman ran off, so I couldn't do any other further testing, but definitely not VD. Excellent news, Titus. Do you hear that, Melantha? You didn't cause the apocalypse. Then what did? Well, obviously it was... Drugs? Uh, Corin, post-coitus, I was looking for something, um, so I just snorted some of the dirt outside. No buzz at all. Not a thing, not even a little bit. It wasn't drugs either. Then you don't know either. Ha! It seems this is a draw, Corin. I'll just keep investigating until I figure out that I caused this, and then I will rub your face in it. <laughs> or, or maybe I caused it. I, I mean, I could have. We'll get to the bottom of this, shareholders. But first, let's take a brief intermission. If you haven't already, please tell us what is most evil on the, uh, on the sheet of paper in the, in the lobby. We'll bring it up here. <laughs> and throw your name in for the uh, Ruin a Life drawing. Thank you. Be about, uh, I don't know. Make sure you all go fill that out. It does come up in the show later. Get your name on there. Um, yeah, participate. We'll Thank do. You. We'll do uh, uh, 20 minutes. Welcome back. Take your seats again. Everybody get settled. So we're now going to need a, a volunteer from the audience who would like to read. Okay, come on up. What, what a lovely sweater. <laughs> I know. You can buy something like this. Not really, because I got the last one. Out at the merch table in the front. <laughs> All right, what's your name? My name is Jason Todd. Jason, okay. Thank you for coming to the stage. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone else, this is Jason. Thank you so... I was expecting something like an AA meeting. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now, as I understand it, you have volunteered to seal the tunnels from the outside and brave whatever terrors may be waiting for you out there to save all of us. This is a truly dangerous and terrible task, and we thank you for that. I have no idea what you're talking about. Ah, uh, yes, I did hear about the head injury you encountered earlier. It can play havoc with your memories. I did not volunteer to do anything dangerous. Don't be ridiculous. It was very brave. We were all very impressed. Just a moment ago, you asked for volunteers to come read a part. That doesn't sound right. I, I introduced you, you came to the stage, and now you're telling me 
And now uh, you're telling me all about the brave and dangerous feat ahead of you, and I'm telling you just how brave and courageous we all think that you are. Thank you for your service. You asked me to come read. Anyone in the audience will remember that. The audience does not remember that, and if they do, then there's a kind of thing called a collective hallucination. If anyone remembers me asking for you to come up here from the audience, they are just remembering wrong. You are a guest like any other on the show. We talked about it earlier. Your family did mention you might have some memory troubles, though. I have no idea what's happening. None of us do. It's the apocalypse. It's all very scary, and we are all thankful that you are going to do this selfless thing and go battle with escaped monsters and terrible biological pathogens that are certain to be lining the tunnels now until you finally fall to one of their attacks, saving all of us. This is crazy. I volunteered for none of that. I just came here to watch a show because you asked me to on Facebook. Oh, bless your heart. We will never forget your sacrifice. I simply will not do this thing. That's okay. We have several people standing by to escort you to your new task. Everyone, please applaud as this brave soul goes to do something unimaginably brave and selfless for all of us. And die a terrible death. It's, uh, it's been a minute since we checked outside, so let's go ahead and have a listen. At Kakos Industries, we are known for our parties. Of course, we're evil, and we take the time to party whenever we can. I know that some of you longtime shareholders might be concerned about how we might continue this critical part of our operations in these new, dramatically worsened circumstances. Obviously, we will all have to make some modifications, and that includes how we will celebrate. Right now, we should be having the shareholders' ball, the most extravagant party of the year for us at Kakos Industries. It's that time when we celebrate you, the shareholders. We spare no expense and violate whatever morals we might have left to bring you a feast and entertainment to truly remember. We're still working out the kinks, but it's likely the entertainment and the food offerings will be human suffering themed because we've got a lot of that right now. Those of you with chef on your new class cards should get to work so I don't look like a fool when the time comes. There's also the Festival of Books. We do have a few books. They are all Dan Brown novels, though. Sorry about that. Not quite as exciting as we're used to. The CEO Festival is the festival where you all celebrate me. I did mention the Thunderdome, right? It'll probably be a Thunderdome kind of thing. And the Festival of the Dance, that'll probably also be a Thunderdome. The uh, Festival of Darkness will occur anytime someone uses the Bluetooth speaker without using the electric bike. It'll trip the breaker and turn out the lights. Uh, the Festival of Somnambulation, 
that'll also be a Thunderdome, but the Thunderdome Festival uh, will probably be just a quiet game of cards. I mentioned our low supply of books, but it would seem that the rest of our media is somewhat limited as well. The internet has been completely destroyed. That's what I thought. We're not really that sad about it, are we? We've been kind of like waiting for it to go out for a while now. Before the apocalypse, we tried to archive as much of the internet as possible so we could pretend like it still exists for some time. But the only things we managed to save were some extreme right-wing terrorist forums, so we deleted them. Also, we saved the most recent meme to be posted to the internet right before everything went to shit. It's not a good one, but it is the last thing humanity did before the end of the world. It's a kitten on a blue background, and it says, this apocalypse shit is freaking me out. <laughs> Congratulations, humanity. To speak with us a little more about the limited media we still have access to, we are now joined by Lisa Librera, the curator of what remains of our archives of entertainment. So, Lisa, what do we have to keep ourselves busy? Thank you, Corin. In addition to the books you mentioned and the lovely meme that will need to sustain us for the rest of time, we also have a small collection of VHS tapes. But they are all either commercial releases of Showgirls, The Ernest Collection, or television taped in super long play mode by somebody's grandmother. We know whose. We just are not comfortable sharing that information right now. You will have to check them out and return them in one piece. Also, there is only one VCR, and it stays in the break room. That seems difficult, but I assume that we will adapt quickly. We also have a complete collection of Herb, Alpert, and the Tijuana Brass on vinyl, and an extremely worn copy of Thriller. The stylus has broken on our turntable, however. For other auditory entertainment, we also have this kitschy digital remote control that just plays fart sounds. Please use this responsibly. If anyone can be trusted with such a power, it is our shareholders. We also have many of the Earth's greatest works of art that you can look at through a window on the far side of the break room. Please do not concern yourselves with the identities of the masked figures who move the art around and sort it. And do not concern yourself with how we got any of it either. I can think of nothing concerning about any of that, at least not to my sensibilities. There are six decks of cards. You will need to show proof that you will be playing cards with at least one other person before you will be allowed to check one out. No solitaire. We don't have the resources for solitaire. We also have some dice, but they are exclusively for gambling. I was going to ask about gambling. I'm really glad that particular aspect of humanity will continue on into the apocalypse. There is one puzzle. We don't know what it's supposed to look like when completed, or if all the pieces are there, or if all of the pieces are even from the same puzzle. Well, I'm sure we'll figure that out pretty quickly. There are also several copies of Monopoly that I expect none of you to play. We also have a Bop It and a Skip It. We expect them to be completely broken by tomorrow. Yeah, I can see that. There is also just one remaining porno magazine. It will be kept under lock and key. You will have to make an appointment, look at it, memorize whatever you need, and then go about your way, leaving it in the case. I am told, however, that there is something for everyone in it. 
What about people who need more physical activity to keep themselves sane? You've already mentioned the exercise bike and the Bluetooth speaker, but we do have a complete weight room in case you feel like getting prison jacked while you're down here. And why not? We also have the GED prep book for anyone who wants to better themselves. We cannot guarantee that any of that information in this book is going to be valuable in the post-apocalypse, but it's about time you got yourself back into school. That makes sense. It's never too late for self-improvement. We also have a limited supply of a variety of colors of paint so that you may while away the hours watching them dry. There's also this cup and ball thing that I think we're all going to be experts at soon enough and a single puzzle cube, but it's missing two of the face stickers. We don't have the right color markers to do anything about that. Well, it seems like we might just be set, just about set for the rest of our lives down here. Is there uh, anything else? We also have one of those floor mats that promises to teach you to do the jitterbug, but we lost the instructions and the music. That's, that's too bad. Thank you for joining us. Hey, um, Titus? Uh, yes, Corrin? Is there any chance the apocalypse was caused by boredom? <clears throat> I, uh, I certainly don't think so, Corrin. If anything, uh, it is quite exciting out here. Uh, I am positively riveted. It reminds me of my youth, when I used to cliff dive into waters absolutely infested with jellies, so I could just show them who was boss. Thank you, Titus. I have a note here saying that our next guest is Deborah Hilo from the Division of Animal Husbandry. Well, okay. Oi, I appreciate you asking me here, Corin. I definitely didn't do that. I have something very important to talk about today. Mm, okay, go ahead. It's about the animals we have here in the bunker, our livestock. Did, do you want to talk with us about how to handle the animals and make sure that they last for generations to come? No, all of that is automated. I have something more important to talk about. May I address the shareholders directly? Uh, yeah, I guess. Oh, hello, shareholders. My name is Deborah. I work with the animals every day. I love animals and all that they have to offer us, so I want to talk to you about the most pressing issue facing us now that we are locked in this basement with them. And that is overcoming your lust for them. I'm gonna cut you off right there, Deborah. Corin, this is very important. Please let me finish. No guarantees. We've all been there. You catch the eye of that beautiful, glistening pack animal, and you think there is nothing I want inside of me more than that animal. Like to eat? No, Corin, not to eat. Please, let's not do this. You start by stroking its mane. No! And maybe you get a little bit experimental. Please stop. But this is wrong. We cannot fuck the animals. <laughs> didn't even cross my mind. You say that now, Corin, but just wait three months. Down here with all of these people, you'll fuck half of them by next month, but then what will excite you? Three months sounds like a short amount of time for this kind of change. You'll start looking to the cows or the chickens or the horses. There aren't any horses down here. Oh, what a relief then! Actually, it was primarily the horses I was worried about. Now I feel silly for even bringing this up. 
Well, I feel, uh, well, silly isn't the right word. Oh, well, thanks, Corin. Goodbye. So, uh, we're gonna have to get someone to fuck Deborah, like a human person. Um, fall on that sword, guys, because there will be no animal fucking. Now, we recognize it can get kind of boring down here, especially if you don't have a whole lot of friends in this group, which is why we're starting up some extracurricular activities to stay busy. We will have a choir. We currently only have the sheet music for Acapella Sweet Caroline, but I'm sure you resourceful people will figure out some other songs. We're also gonna have some role-playing groups, but each group will have that guy that tries to game the system in a super unfun way. We also have one amongst us who can teach everyone else to make pottery. I am told that there is also an inflatable hot tub, but the heater is broken and it probably has a hole in it. I am now joined by Dennis Lelio, director of the Intergalactic Network for Otherworldly Industry Liaisons, or Tinfoil for short. So, um, what do you have to talk with us about today, Dennis? Well, usually, Corin, I deal with outer space shit. Aliens, making alliances, maintaining trade, getting the good fruit berries from Markalon 99, okay? But now we're underground. I could have been in space for the apocalypse, but you decided to bring me back to Earth so that I could join you guys in the fucking ground. Real exciting, Corin. Just a great fucking time for me. And now, what do you think? What do they ask me to do, Corin? What do they ask? They ask me to keep an eye on the drug stash. They know that I get a little cranky when I have Chardonnay. They know I'm not going to touch the blow or the blizz or the weed cigarettes. But now I have the unenviable task of keeping these fucking drug fiends out there away from the stash so it lasts a while. There are no more drugs, Corin. What we've got is what we've got. No pins, no powders, no leaves, no flowers. We're just kidding. We're not kidding anymore, okay? So we've got to let everyone down here down real easy. Did you see that, Corin? Look out there. Half of your damn shareholders just stiffened up knowing that they can't smoke their jazz herbs every day for the rest of the apocalypse. Their buttholes just got real tight, Corin. And look at that guy. He's fucking itching just at the thought of not having any nose sweets. This is real great for me, Corin. Just dealing with a bunch of drug-addled people looking for their fix. People that you got addicted. And you know, I can't leave anyone else in charge of the stash. Not even Derek. He'll do all the drugs, Corin. I left him at the stash for five minutes and I bet he's done half of the shit already. In fact, the longer I'm here talking to you, the less drugs we're gonna have because my idiot assistant has a serious Meeblebot problem. That's not even a drug we have here, Corin. He is so fucked when the sweat starts and you know he's gonna have to take care of him. You know who's gonna have to take care of him? You know who's gonna be it? It's gonna be me. You're not gonna be the one who has to breastfeed him back to health. It sure shit isn't you, Corin. It's me. I'm gonna have to change his bedding when he soils himself. And what thanks do I get for any of this? None. No thanks. No thanks for Dennis. Maybe I should do the drugs, Corin, huh? Maybe I should just stick my face in there and just snort, smoke, and swallow until I'm a fucking vegetable. Then I don't have to deal with this shit anymore. The apocalypse! Go fuck yourself, Corin. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let you get back to the stash. Thank you. Hey, uh, hey, Dennis. What? Thank you. 
fuck yourself, Corin. I didn't deserve better than that. <clears throat> Come in, Corin. Yeah, go ahead. I have determined that the end is not due to a lack of cheese. There's still plenty of cheese out here. That's, uh, that's not even on my list of possibilities. Uh, can you look into electromagnetic pulses or superstorms, maybe global warming? I will get right on that, Corin. Um, just as soon as I sample some more cheese. Shareholders, I have just received a note from my grandfather. If you're a new shareholder, then you should know that my grandfather wrote me a lot of letters before he died to cover a wide variety of contingencies. This one is titled, The Apocalypse. He writes, Well, Corin, it was bound to happen, wasn't it? The end of the world, and you were bound to cause it. I didn't, and my predecessors didn't either. So, we were due. Don't feel too bad, sport. Everything was always headed this direction. In this letter, I've included a key. It opens a lockbox in storage 38-99-A in the bunker. There's a bottle of dark mega scotch in there. Toast the world for me, would you? Also, if the apocalypse is anything like those months I spent underground in the 70s researching our internal clocks and how evil they are, then it's important to put on pants every single day. Every day, Corin, you promise me, every day. If you don't, that's when the problems start. Put your pants on, even when you don't want to. You have to. Every day. Every day. Love you, kiddo. Well, I'm wearing pants now. Advantageous start, I suppose. Let's, uh, let's take another listen outside. doesn't sound quite right. The division of incredibly boring things is still at work, shareholders. This is one of my favorite divisions. They're always doing such interesting things. Well, not interesting. The, the opposite, actually. Oh, who is it now? Hello. My name is Svetlana, and I work for Dark Mega KGB. Ah, new shareholders. The Dark Mega USSR is one of our rivals, but their leader took almost everyone and started a colony on Mars. It is the reddest of planets. <laughs> Even if Vodya was a bit misguided in his desire to get there so soon, he left some of us behind on Earth to continue bringing collectivized evil to the world. So... Why did you call? Are, are you going to take credit for the apocalypse? This is just like you capitalists. You think it is always competition and that person who gets biggest wins. And it is your short-sightedness that brings us to this mess. This apocalypse. Communist evil. 
would last a hundred thousand generations. No history, no social unrest, just evil. But you and your consumption and your need to exploit every one of Earth's resources in pursuit of shiny things, you've gone too far. Capitalism has done this. And now there's no one left to do evil to. No one left in Gulag. No one left in frozen wastes. All is wasted. You you think capitalism did this? Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, why not? We'll, we'll take the blame. Short-sighted as always. Come in, Corin. I, uh, I did some looking into those weather patterns you asked about. All right, forget about that for a minute. Did capitalism cause the apocalypse? Uh, uh, capitalism. Uh, well, that's a tricky one, Corin. I am not an economist. Uh, hold on. Well, Corin, I've just chewed some bark here. I can detect notes of runaway capitalism, um, some notes of financial oligarchy, a hint of cronyism, and a lot of greed. A lot of greed. But no, Corin, capitalism may have helped, but it's not the root of the problem. Do you hear that, Svetlana? In that case, we will take credit for the apocalypse. Thank you for conceding, Mr. Deet. It has made our job much easier. Oh, fuck. Okay, Titus. Tell me what you've discovered about the weather patterns. Okay, here it goes. It is windy. That's it? This wind did not cause the apocalypse. Then find out what did! Uh, yep, that's the point, Corin. Um, that's why I'm out here working on it. Titus out! This is, uh, this is getting pretty frustrating. <sighs> now to try to perk us up, I am joined by Francine Drow to talk with us about euthanasia options. Wait, uh, that doesn't sound pleasant at all. It most certainly isn't, Corin, but we have to have this conversation. I suppose I agree. We have to make sure that we have mature conversations about things like this. We also don't want anyone making a fucking mess all over the bunker for everyone to see and clean up. We understand, you know. This is all terribly depressing, and the desire to leave it all behind is not difficult to empathize with. Why, I'm thinking about it myself right now. And that's why we've decided to set up safe, sanitary, and most importantly, tidy ways of ending it all. The last thing we need are brains all over the fucking walls or gallons of blood staining the floor for the rest of eternity. We also don't want your bowels releasing anywhere other than the designated areas. It's really about morale. Morale. Obviously, if we have a bunch of corpses piling up everywhere, leaving remnants in the most difficult to clean nooks and crannies, it will have a seriously negative effect on morale. People can't be content under those circumstances. So, um, what do you recommend? Well, we have a variety of ways to take you out for good that are far more agreeable than leaving yourself hanging like a flag, waving for all to see. We have drugs and several painless poisons. And most of all, excuse me, best of all, 
The emotional impact you have on the rest of us is far less with these methods. We can't stop you from doing it, but we can ask that you not make it a whole spectacle, you know? Do you have anything hopeful to say after all of that? No matter how you die, we will harvest your sperm or eggs, if you have any, and use those to make more people in the future. We need the diversity. I'm not sure that's all that hopeful. Did I forget to smile? Thank you for joining us, Francine. All right, let's, uh, let's check in with the sounds outside to see how things are progressing. Well, that's about what I expected. Corin, I have another update. Go ahead. It is regarding global warming this time. Uh, it is rather warm where I am, but I am inside of a burning building. Titus, get out of there. Don't you worry, don't you worry, Corin. Uh, I am apocalypse-proof, remember? Fine, but this isn't useful information. I am only one man, Corin. Uh, I am doing the best I can. Well, keep at it. It seems like we might not figure out the answer to this enormous question before the end of the show here. We'll have to distribute some literature later or something. Or maybe have another show. Whatever you think is best, Corin, I'm going to uh, have another beer in the meantime. They say that evil once ate half of each of two babies and sewed them up into one baby. This is things we're taking credit for now. New shareholders, this is the segment where we announce that we're taking credit for evil things around the world. We definitely did do these things, but it's not always easy to prove how. And today we're taking credit for... <laughs> untimed traffic lights. Bad penmanship. Bad, bad penmanship also, yeah. We're going to take credit for uh, X Gone Give It To You by DMX. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what is not spilling the tea? That it's evil to not spill the tea? And I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Crocs in there too at the very end. Uh, and we're also gonna take credit for the apocalypse. Uh, I guess I you know said that one earlier. But uh, anyway, if you happen to disagree that we did any of these things, prepare to experience uh, the apocalypse head on outside. And then. You were already up here. <laughs> Dana Brooks has won the Ruin a Life drawing. As a result, the life of Dana's nemesis will be ruined. Dana has selected 
Enrique? I think it says Enrique. For this punishment, we spun the Wheel of Misery with an evil amount of force, and it sailed right past Apocalypse to land on the space designated for non-judgmental. That's right, from this day forward, Enrique will be 300% more non-judgmental. This includes situations where being judgmental isn't really helping anyone, but also situations where some judgment would actually be a pretty good idea, like picking your friends and lovers. For evil measure, Dana Brooks will be 30% more judgmental. That may take a toll. Congratulations on the win, and best of luck. And uh, that brings us to the end of the show. No more word from Titus. The apocalypse just happened, and now we will have to deal with it. Not the best outcome, but evil perseveres. Um, Corin. Yes, what is it, Titus? Well, it's uh, the apocalypse. It, it is the apocalypse. What about it? Do you remember when I told you about that ray that they used to test my apocalypse proofness? I remember thinking that it made no sense. Well, this is somewhat embarrassing, um, but it looks like one of the scientists in the lab left the ray on, and it looks like it slipped, so it's no longer hitting the apocalypse-proof panel on the wall that I stood in front of. Instead, it's hitting a, a, a half-filled glass of water and being reflected out the window. You mean half-empty, half-empty glass of water. Oren, I'm trying to explain the apocalypse to you. Um, reflected out the window, which is half open. Half closed, yeah. And it is hitting the earth. Um, I believe this apocalypse ray may be causing the apocalypse. That is so incredibly stupid. I agree with you, Corin, but you just can't make this stuff up. Well, uh, could you turn it off? Uh, it is off now, Corin. <laughs> and the apocalypse light on my desk has turned off. Titus, you ended the apocalypse. Uh, are you sure, Corin? I still feel like everything is terrible. Oh, it is. Um, nothing makes sense. Everyone is mad at everyone else. Uh, yeah. It feels like democracy is crumbling and no one cares about the truth anymore. Uh-huh. But it's not the apocalypse anymore. I'll, uh, see you back at work, Titus. Corin out. Well, shareholders, this is embarrassing, but on the other hand, at least it was us here at Kakos Industries that caused the apocalypse and not any of our competitors. I suppose we can let you go now. Hopefully your loved ones survived the few hours of apocalypse. Please tip your bartenders. We will have merch in the back. Have an amazing night. The numbers are next. 11, 22, 69, 120, 220, 12, 40, 440, 4, 8, 76, 
I suppose now that everything is back to normal, we can take one more listen outside. Hell did we put that fucking microphone? <laughs> this special live presentation of Kakos Industries was written and produced by Conrad Mishuk, who is also the voice of Corin Deeth the Third. The credits are read by Kelsey Kemmer, the current Thunderdome champion after squashing a fly in there. Thank you. Special appearance in this episode by Adam Mishuk, Angwar Newton, Rebecca Ryan, Jesse Marie, Masha Sapalova, and Kelsey Kemmer. Please visit kakosindustries.com for news, extras, and more episodes. There are also transcriptions on the website if you'd like to read along with the Kakos Industries announcements. That's K-A-K-O-S-I-N-D-U-S-T-R-I-E-S dot com. Please visit store.kakosindustries.com for merchandise and special offers and get wonderful benefits by becoming a subscription donor at kakosindustries.com slash Patreon. You can also buy stuff in the lobby. Questions, comments, or a strong desire to collaborate? Drop us a line at inquiries at kakosindustries.com. If you like Kakos Industries, be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting service and connect with us on YouTube, youtube.com slash kakosindustries, Facebook, facebook.com slash kakosindustries, Tumblr, kakosindustries.tumblr.com, and Twitter, at kakosindustries. We encourage fan art, and listener participation on all our social media platforms. We've recently expanded our social media team, so please visit the website to view their credits and current projects. Kakos Industries can be heavy sometimes. Try exercising to take your mind off of all the darkness. Thank you all for coming. <laughs>